Hello, this is Susan Marie and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and by subscribing to my newsletter, suemarie.substack.com. Most things I speak of are linked for further study in the data section of the show. The American Empath Association defines an empath as someone who understands the mental or emotional states of others in a way that defies conventional science and psychology. Empaths have the ability to sense the feelings, thoughts, and energies of people, plants, animals, places, and objects. In addition to sensing, empaths absorb the energy of those around them and often experience stress or illness if they are bombarded by negative emotions. Empaths use their abilities to help others by imagining themselves in someone else's situation and connecting with that individual on a deeper level. Today, I wish to talk to you about what an empath is, the differences between empathy, sympathy, understanding the empath, understanding if you are an empath, emotional intelligence, and ways to ground center and protect your energy and emotions to avoid compassion fatigue in order to utilize your beautiful sensitivity for an ultimate purpose. Empathy is the ability most humans have to understand the way someone else is feeling. Unless you're a psychopath, narcissist, or sociopath, you will have the ability to feel empathy for others on some level. Many people can be empathic and show empathic concern, and that means the ability to be able to think about and understand and feel compassion for others. Sympathy is feeling sorrow for someone else's misfortune. It's a common feeling, and it's understanding someone else's situation. Like empathy, sympathy is different from being an empath. Being an empath does not just mean having compassion. Empaths don't have normal filters other people do. They take in a lot of what's going on around them and are extra and ultra sensitive to noise, smell, light, energy, and negativity. Empaths are born naturally sensitive and gain abilities of intuition from early childhood experiences. For example, when one has been traumatized as a child, you know, they learn strategies to adapt and survive in a way that other children do not. And those survival mechanisms are used to serve them and the world when coming from an empowered, empathic place. As adults, empaths have the unique predicament of navigating a world that shuns and invalidates their very experiences, while at the same time relies on them for their wisdom. The strange thing about empaths is that they can get even the most unlikely person to open up and tell their life story in seconds without even meaning to. This is because empaths remain open-hearted by nature. People intuitively trust empaths because they wear their hearts on their sleeves. Even the most emotionally closed-off empath has slivers of light creeping out from the crevices of their insides that invite people to share their darkness with them. And from a spiritual perspective, empaths are natural healers and their birthright is healing. They come into this world to heal, to heal themselves and others, which can make them susceptible to toxic types looking to exploit their energy for their own agendas. Conversations with an empath can result in cathartic healing on both sides or they can end in exhaustion for the empath if the empath is not fully empowered with healthy boundaries. Dr. Judith Orloff, psychiatrist and author of the Empath's Survival Guide stated, an empath is an emotional sponge and an empath is someone who absorbs the stress and also the positive emotions into their own bodies from others. Empaths have gifts of intuition, of death, of caring for others and having deep compassion 
attention and they often give too much. They sometimes take on their loved one's pain so they actually feel it in order to understand and relate to the person and the pain they are carrying in order to assist that person in overcoming pain and trauma. And an empath has the ability to physically feel and experience what another person is going through. They literally embody what is going on for other people and the energy around them. This means their ability to show empathy is huge. They understand deeply what it's like for another person. In addition, there are several categories of empaths and some of us embody all aspects. One, emotional empaths who sense and absorb the emotions and energy of other people and feel them as well. They'll just know whether someone else is sad or depressed or happy and ecstatic. Two, physical empaths feel or know where other people's aches, pains, illnesses are when they're in their presence. This may be an intuitive awareness or sense of what symptoms someone else has, but someone may actually feel the same physical symptoms or pain in their own body. Three, intellectual empaths. They find themselves able to communicate with everyone with different vocabularies and jargons and find their communication style and use of language and phrase just adapt to what another person is using. Four, intuitive empaths. They have an innate sense of knowing. Their dreams may be precognitive, they become reality and actually happen. Intuitive empaths also can sense when someone is lying and are very perceptive about other people's overt or covert intentions. Five, animal empaths. These empaths have a sense of what an individual animal is feeling, experiencing, and needs. They not only love the animals they connect with, they prefer the company of animals over people and vice versa. Animals will just flock towards an empath. Six, plant empaths. These are people with strong connections to nature and what plants and trees need and offer. They will intuitively know how to care and tend to any type of foliage. Plant empaths also have an awareness of plant uses and functions. They will know what is edible and what the environment needs for ecological balance and sustainability. Seven, environmental empaths. They intuitively sense what has happened or may happen in a physical space. Another name for this is psychometric or geomantic empaths. In addition, this type of empath can read physical objects. When this empath enters a room or location, they're sensitive to what may or may not have happened within that environment or space. And when they hold or touch objects, they may be able to glean information about the user. An eight, spiritual empaths. They may have a direct connection to other realms, also known as medium. Their psychic empathic ability will include being able to feel emotional and physical symptoms from their communication with the spiritual world, and this works in the same way as the emotional empath that connects with people in the physical world. Empaths are emotional detectives. Not only can they read the energy of a room when they first enter it, but they're extremely attuned to changes in facial expressions, shifts in tone or voice, or how misaligned someone's body language is. The problem is, is that empaths have been gaslighted so often and told that they're too sensitive as children, and they learn how to block out these insights as a way to become socially acceptable. An empath's ability to pick up on the emotions of others in a manner that is nuanced is unparalleled. When the energy in a room is high and vibrant, empaths feel the full glory of that. High vibes are spiritually orgasmic to an empath who is receptive. On the other hand, when there are emotional vampires about with pathological envy and spite, empaths feel the full shock of that. They feel the life force sucked out of them 
immediately. Empaths can also track subtle energies. They feel an undercurrent of an emotion in a person that other people miss, like a hint of jealousy or a hint of anger. As empaths are painfully aware of even the subtlest emotions circulating in the air, they often feel overloaded with emotions which are not even their own. Just like George Lucas's master Yoda, they can sense a disturbance in the force when it occurs. Since they're natural born healers of the human soul, they always want to remove the pain from others, thus making it their own. Empaths can feel both the good and the bad vibrations around them. The dark side and the force for life live together in an empath's heart. And at times, empaths may feel overwhelmed by the one or the other. In general, empaths are much more sensitive to the negative things around them. Being an empath is a 24-7 job and can lead to chronic emotional and mental exhaustion. And their acute awareness of another's feelings makes them vulnerable to toxicity. This leads me to compassion fatigue. It's a condition that caregivers have, people who are constantly exposed to suffering and either people or animals. They have so much compassion and empathy for the distress of others that they end up getting completely overwhelmed and shell-shocked by it, which causes them to retreat emotionally. It doles and lessens their compassion over time and can even lead to complete apathy if it is not kept in check with self-care and or therapy. Thing is, this experience isn't limited to those who work in trauma wards. It's a very real human condition that empaths struggle with. Because empaths are so attuned to other people's emotions all the time that often the only way to save themselves from the constant overwhelming onslaught is to numb out. Being an empath has its benefits, but it also has an enormous cost. When you're so attuned to what literally everyone else is feeling, conditions like severe anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and even physical pain can manifest on a constant basis. And none of it originates from the empath themselves. It's like a thundering torrent of external influences thumping into you from all directions and it never seems to let up. When you're dealing with that kind of situation, withdrawing and creating a protective cocoon just seems like the smartest and safest bet. I'll give you seven signs of empath compassion fatigue. One, your sense of empathy and compassion is replaced by numbness. Two, you are emotionally and mentally exhausted. Three, you're hypersensitive to emotional material in shows, movies, and books. Four, you struggle with intimacy and your personal relationships suffer. Five, you intentionally isolate yourself. Six, your mind is filled with intrusive images of trauma. And seven, you dread going to work and no longer enjoy your career. You can be along that spectrum, one or two things, all of them or none. But here are three ways to prevent and overcome empath compassion fatigue. One, awareness. Simply knowing that compassion fatigue is a real thing and that you're not crazy or weak can kickstart the healing process. Understanding your empathic nature helps. For example, when you are aware of how deeply you are affected by the moods and emotions of those around you, you start to take steps to protect yourself. Two, self-care. Empaths in helping professions struggle with self-care. You are so busy caring for others that you neglect your own needs. Often, you feel guilty for thinking of even putting yourself first. But the more important question you should be asking is, how can I not care for myself? Regularly exercising self-compassion by taking care of your mind, body, and soul helps you to prevent compassion fatigue. Self-care can be as simple as a one-syllable word. No. Saying no to unnecessary obligations and saying yes to things that make your heart happy. Three is counseling. 
Helpers need help too. There's no need to carry the burden on your own. It could be a best friend, a lover, a parent, a confidant, a professional counselor, psychologist, or another empath who is indeed a healer to guide you through the process of healing. But be sure to choose someone who is familiar with treating compassion fatigue. In addition, an empath has to practice grounding techniques such as meditation to reconnect with themselves and clear themselves of any negative disempowering energy arising from other people. They can clear out toxicity from their bodies using mind-body healing modalities like yoga, massage, reiki, qigong, tai chi exercise, and getting into nature. Empaths benefit from envisioning a physical shield around them, which is a barrier of sorts to combat destructive energy coming their way. In addition to cleansing exercises like burning incense, candles, sage, and having gemstones and protective things personal to the individual around their physical spaces. And empaths are not all light and love. Far from it. Many struggle with depression, anxiety, various addictions, and self-doubt due to their high sensitivity and receptiveness to taking on the emotions of others. The intensity of the emotions empaths experience, whether those emotions are their own or residual energetic vibes from others, can leave them easily drained. Their emotions are a part of an intricate web of their own perceptions, the perceptions, reactions, and emotions of others around them, as well as their own emotions towards the way others feel. Imagine what that's like. I can because I am an empath. So it's important that as empaths, we learn to channel the intensity of our emotions into constructive outlets and avenues. Art therapy, journaling, exercise, counseling, they're all excellent ways in which empaths can express themselves and lift their energy without feeling drained. Many empaths also succeed in healing professions when they're able to properly place boundaries. As empaths, our greatest responsibility lies in healing ourselves. Only when we are fully empowered will we be able to help in the healing journey of others. Empaths and highly sensitive people are natural caretakers, so they gravitate towards doing what they feel will best help the person they're interacting with. They anticipate the emotions and reactions of others, and this habit can become maladaptive if not employed in conjunction with self-care. Empaths have to learn to cater to their own needs too. They have to learn how to be receptive to also being served and taken care of by others. Empowered empaths learn to stop apologizing for their desires and recognize the validity of owning them with full force. They learn to anticipate their own emotions and prepare themselves mentally for whatever is to come. Most importantly of all, empaths must learn that they are allowed to own their shadows. The darkest parts of themselves lend great insight about how to powerfully integrate various aspects of themselves to become whole. This doesn't mean giving into that darkness, but using it as fuel to create more light in the world rather than repressing it. Repression only leads to further depression. Bringing those emotional ailments to the surface, however, gives them a greater chance to be exposed to sacred medicine in order to heal. For every empowered empath, there is a rebirth when they learn to be their authentic selves, especially when they arrive in the world again as beings who fully embody everything that makes them so powerful in the first place. And this leads me to four components of emotional intelligence. One is self-awareness. That's the ability to recognize your own emotions. People who are self-aware understand how their actions affect others around them. They have a strong sense of their own abilities and recognize areas they can improve. Self-aware people are confident and recognize what others think about them. 
to self-regulation. Self-regulation builds on self-awareness. This means you don't just recognize your emotions, but you also know how to act on those emotions. You wait until the right time to express your thoughts and feelings. Individuals who self-regulate take responsibility for their actions. Three, social skills. People with high emotional intelligence have strong social skills. They understand their emotions and how their actions impact others. They use this knowledge in their interpersonal relationships. They have strong listening skills and are able to build meaningful relationships. Four, empathy. Empathy is a major component of emotional intelligence. High emotional intelligence means you can step into another person's shoes and look at the world from their perspective. You can take on their thoughts and feelings if you've never met them or been in their exact situation. Five is motivation. People with high emotional intelligence are motivated by internal, not external factors. They are not fulfilled by fame or money. Instead, they are driven by their personal goals and within being an empowered empath. Therein lies the word healer. And I do not care for the word healer. It sounds pompous. I prefer the word helper because all of us have the ability to heal one another by simply showing support, compassion, empathy, and acknowledgement. However, for empaths, healing is quite different. Let me explain. There are different categories of healers. One, spiritual healers. These individuals are able to act as a channel for energy. They allow energy to flow through them to the person who needs healing. Two, medical healers. Medical healers use scientific methods to help people heal physically, like doctors, physical therapists, and nurses. Three, emotional healers. They help others deal with their psychological trauma. By listening and offering appropriate advice, these healers can help people heal emotionally. These are counselors, therapists, and trusted friends. Natural healers. Natural healers are in touch with nature. They understand how to help plants thrive. They can help a dying plant recover and survive, even after disease or being exposed to poor conditions. These are gardeners, naturalists, and farmers. And then we have empaths. Now that you have a better understanding of healers, let's talk about empaths. Do all empaths have the ability to be a healer? Yes. All empaths naturally have the ability to be healers, helpers. But being a helper is a choice. Empaths need to choose to use their abilities. So let's do an empath self-test. Do these apply to you? Do you have an intuitive sense? Do you have strong first impressions? Do you pick up energy of a room? Do you connect with animals? Do you connect with plants? Do strangers approach you? Are you drained by the energy of crowds? Are you artistic and creative? Are you easily overwhelmed with emotion? Do you need to de-stress in nature? Do you tap into deeper understanding? Do you have precognition knowing that events will happen? Do you feel others' pain and illness? Are you drained by certain people? Do you connect with spirits? Do you feel divine connections? Can you feel the energy of objects? Do you care for others? If so, you must define and honor your empathic needs and safeguard your sensitivities. For example, if someone asks too much of you, politely say no. It's not necessary to explain why. As the saying goes, no is a complete sentence. If your comfort level is three hours max for socializing, even if you adore the people, take your own car or have alternate transportation so you're not stranded somewhere. And if you feel disturbed by perfume, just nicely request that your friends refrain from wearing it around you. If you can't avoid it, stand near a window or take breaks to catch a breath and get some fresh air and carve out private space at home. Then you won't be stricken by the feeling of too much togetherness. Becoming a true empath 
in the fullest sense of what that word means, not only acknowledging your sensitivity to the moods and pain of others, but also learning to act on that sensitivity in a compassionate and responsible way and to practice mindful self-care is integral to prevent burnout. So becoming a true empath isn't so much about adding a superpower or about healing as it is learning how to cultivate and make the most of those innate abilities. Empowered empaths learn to honor their abilities and use them with confidence. They don't require validation from outside sources to follow their instincts. They go for it. And when they do, they usually succeed and cause others around them to wonder how they did it. Empowered empaths know they are not responsible for someone else's destructive behavior. They know how to show compassion from a distance if they need to. And most importantly, they honor themselves enough to cherish and expect reciprocal behavior as a must-have in the relationship. They know how to engage in radical self-care with the full conviction that the more they learn to care for themselves, the more they'll have to give to others. Empowered empaths benefit enormously from establishing healthy boundaries from the onset. They know what they will and will not tolerate, and they also know which burden is theirs to carry and which is not. What's more, they follow through with their boundaries and are able to cut off toxic interactions before they have a chance to escalate. Being comfortable with owning The immensity of their power is one of the biggest hurdles an empath has to go through in order to achieve at the high level they were meant to. But once they realize it is connected with the greater healing of the world, they can't wait to venture out on a greater mission while embodying the beauty of their true gifts. Please join me next week for more interesting discussions and please check out last week's episode on hitting rock bottom.